Hi there. You are listening to Frequency 3080, a podcast that enables you to level up yourself and be the boss of your own life. Tag along with us on this exciting journey into the world of unknown. So, without wasting any more time, let's get right into it, shall we? Feminism. Oh, aren't we over it yet? A very common reaction you might observe. Well, yes, feminism isn't a new topic, but it is still one of the most discussed topic these days. But why? Hi, I'm your podcaster Akshi, and with my fellow podcasters, let's discuss about feminism. Now, the real question that comes up: Why the word feminism is so hyped up? Why the word feminism is so hyped up? Only because. Till now, many of us have absolutely no clue about it. Feminism was the movement which was started years ago. There is no single definition, but feminine feminism boils down to ending gender discrimination and bringing about gender equality. Compared to the scenarios in the past, the conditions on of females now is much better. Well, like you're saying, it is much better. But then, why are we still talking about it? well because till now in many households the voice of female is all is oppressed and still aren't given the respect they deserve and cases of domestic violence they aren't closed yet in cases in case of men they are considered to be the breadwinners of the family moreover inequality between men and women in terms of economic opportunities has always been a problem then why not talk about it sexism used to be a problem but it is not completely over yet now women have reached equality we can vote we can have the same access to jobs and education as men we are allowed to dress the way we want and are considered equal partners in relationships we really have come a long way true but palak still girls of even the age of 10 are sexualized for wearing skirts being confident and keeping your opinions in public is termed as being bossy being bold, being followed by someone on the street body shaming etc makes one feel trapped and unsafe exactly but this isn't the only reason we are talking about feminism the era we live in has divided feminists into two groups which one first the one which works for equal rights irrespective of the gender second which forces you to think that females are superior and better than males instead of fighting for those who are still oppressed by what once afflicted them these women have chosen to use their voice to fight for trivial issues in comparison this is the wrong kind of feminism many males have been accused of things they haven't done many males have experienced domestic violence and still haven't spoken against it One of the biggest misconceptions about feminism is that it's a movement for women by women and made up in opposition of men. In truth, not only should feminism benefit everyone as it works to just dismantle all systems of oppression, but it shouldn't be based on this binary gender thinking in the first place. Now, let's move forward and with my with the help of my uh, podcaster raj rajat 
I'd like to introduce a little bit of where the feminism came from. We'll not dig deep into the history, but we'll just glance through it to get better understanding of what and where the feminism came from. Hello, everyone. I am your podcaster friend, Rajat Singh Bhandari, and for today, I will be your history expert. Now, I, being the history expert that I am, have divided the history of feminism into four main stages. Foundation of feminist thought, first wave feminism, second wave feminism, and the current ongoing third wave feminism. Oh, okay, Raja. So you're telling, you're talking about all these waves. But what I want to know is, was there any sort of woman empowerment before uh, feminism as an act emerged? Yes, actually, uh, there was women empowerment even before there was a there was an organized feminist movement. As you might know, mm-hmm. women back in the day were not allowed to read or to write, but that did not apply to all of the women. There were certain high class women who did know how to read and who did know how to write, but they were not allowed to publish their own thoughts. And these high class women sometimes got lucky in their marriage and were supported by their husbands. This is the only form of women empowerment there ever was before feminist, before feminism as a movement organized itself. Oh, okay, so where did the feminism thought emerge from? Like, where did it actually start from? Feminism was kick-started by a fine British woman by the name of Mary Wollstonecraft wrote the book A Vindiction on the Right of Women right a few years after the French Revolution ended. Now, as you might know, the, the conclusion of the French Revolution was that there are certain inalienable rights of men. As you might know, the conclusion of French Revolution was that men have certain inalienable rights which cannot be taken away from them by the government. Now you might be thinking, wait, only men? Well, yes, the French Revolution only empowered men. And it is, it is in response to this when Marie wrote her book. <clears throat> her book essentially kick-started the foundation of feminist thought. Oh, that's great. So our audience would like to know is, when did feminism thought convert into action? Feminist thought was first converted into action by women who went outside of their houses and campaigned. This is called the first wave feminism. Now you might be thinking, wait, the thought began in 1792 and it emerged in the first wave feminism, but first wave feminism ended in 1920s. Why did it take women so long to get the right to vote? This is due to the very popular misconception that first wave feminism was only about the right to vote, which is not true because first wave feminism had other major achievements as well. And these were inheritance rights, property rights, custody rights over children, compulsory education for both girls and boys, and encouraging women to take up work outside of their houses. But of course, the greatest achievement of first wave feminism was the right to vote. And this took place, at least in England, in 1918, right after the end of the First World War. 
which is actually not coincidental. The First World War saw a lot of men leave their households for the army and fight for their country. This meant that there was a shortage of labor in factories which provided arms and ammunition. This is when the feminists took a step, took an initiative and participated in the war effort. And it is because of this realization of power that the government gave women the right to vote in 1980. Wow, well, that's fantastic. So Rajat, what I am wondering right now is that was there any similar effect of World War II to feminism like World War I did? Yes, actually there was. World War II made another generation of women realize their power. They could work for long hours in factories while taking care of their families in the absence of a man. It doesn't come as a surprise then that the second wave of feminism started only a few years after the conclusion of the Second World War. It is the generation of women raised by these factory working women which fought for and achieved various legislation which include equal pay for equal work, reproductive rights which include access to abortion and contraceptives, criminalization of marital rape, sexual assault and domestic violence. But the legacy of second wave feminism isn't just legislature. It made people aware of the various unique problems suffered by women. Some of these problems were objectification, marriage inequality and lack of control over motherhood. Second wave feminism also popularized the concept of free love. This concept implied that people had the right to choose their romantic partners and the type and length of, the, of their romantic relationships. All these were great achievements, but in my opinion, the greatest achievement of second wave feminism was the normalization of the idea of the working woman, an idea which a hundred years ago was unthinkable. This makes it clear that the achievements of feminism are vast, but although these achievements are extraordinary, the movement is still not over. There are new challenges and there is a new form of feminism to go with them. Feminism now works for the upliftment of both the genders. But one might reasonably ask, have we not achieved equality already? Legally, yes, but socially, not so much. Women and men are legally equal, but the state is not the society. Social equality is yet to come. There's a difference between getting rid of repressive laws and getting rid of repressive stereotypes. The latter is yet to be achieved. And so the march of feminism continues. Okay, so that was a lot of history for today, I think. So moving on, let's know a little more about the present situation, what we face every single day, and that is the stereotypes. For that, I'd really like to invite my fellow podcasters, Ananya Nishika, who will tell us more about the stereotypes. Ananya, please take the stage. Hi, Akshi. 
Here I am to tell you about the stereotypes, starting with gender-specified colors. Talking about it, we all know that there are some of the assumptions that are set by the society wherein we have been assigned colors. They tell us that blue has been assigned to boys and red and pink has been assigned to girls. Is it even correct? But now we, gents, Gen Z are breaking that barrier and adorning whatever color we vibe with. All in all, we are, have finally realized that colors don't have a gender and any gender can wear the color they love. I totally agree with you, Ananya. I too, if I look back at my clothes now, childhood, they are usually reds and pinks. And now my closet has changed. I have blues, I have blacks. It's like a cool rainbow plus dark colors. And I look at my brother's closet. He also had a blues and black and grays closet. Now there are few pinks and reds you'll see here and there. And they suit him. So the you know, norm that was said, he only pinks and reds are for girls. That is entirely wrong. They look good on everybody. So yeah. That's exactly the thing. Like we should vibe with the thing what what suits our soul and suits us, not what society has set up for us. Moving on, we have emotions. So talking about emotions, we always expect a lady to be warm, sensitive, emotional, whereas men are supposed to be aggressive, intimidating, and cut off from their emotions. Is it even correct to say this phrase? Genders are shamed if they do not act according to expected standards. If a man is seen crying, he is judged to be weak and less manly. Or is he said that his manhood isn't described well? A man can cry and be emotional without thinking about anything. That is what I feel. But if a girl is dominating, she is judged for who she is. Well, yeah, that is true. That is something I have seen. If you, if I see my father, I've never seen him cry ever. That is why, because that is something he was taught that men are not supposed to show their emotions. And that is the reason why I never see my brother, never see my father cry. But whereas my brother, he shows his emotions. He is, you know, a little emotional around me. Because that is what now we are doing. We giants are breaking that barrier and we are actually showing our emotions because showing emotions is good for our health. Crying is good for our health. It helps remove, you know, toxic toxics from our body. So yeah, that is also something Gen Z's are great at breaking barriers. Yeah, exactly. And one thing that I have seen nowadays is the schools are even providing counselings for each and every child to overcome the barriers they face, be it emotionally, mentally or physically. And it is open to each and every human. Talking about next, we have responsibilities. Responsibilities of running a household, of doing jobs. Is it just limited to a gender that it should be done by a male or a female? I don't think that is the case. Men are supposed to be the breadwinners of a family and women are expected to stay home and just do the household work. These expectations are wrongly based and should be rectified. 
a man can stay at home and take care of the household while the woman goes out to earn i don't think it makes a difference until both of them are ready to take up the responsibilities what do you think yeah the thing you said na it reminds me of this movie i saw if you remember the there was this movie that came out ki and ka it aptly shows how we can over- overcome this uh, stupid you know stereotype that our society has set in that movie also arjun kapoor is actually you know running the household whereas um, Kareena Kapoor went yeah. out and yeah. did all the work. Yeah, exactly. That is that movie inspired me a lot, and that actually showed our Indian society. That showed our Indian society that there is no restriction that a man should go and oh no, even a woman can go and own, and a man can stay at home and run the household. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. And that is what is said that women have the power to be more creative than men, and I think it applies on all the fields of work. Okay. Next. So I, if if I, I'd also like to say if nobody has seen Kiyanka, I would really appreciate you to go and watch Kiyanka because that actually is a great movie. Yeah, exactly. talking next we have profession so in our indian society profession is also based on genders some people are quick to assume that teachers and nurses are women and this gender bias is rooted in an assumption that some professions are suitable for a particular gender only let me ask you just now nika as a company has and Sarguni Nayyar was declared as a billionaire is it just the role of a man or a woman can also do it i think she proved it really well that no job is specified to a gender this is not at all true that men should only go out and work and just be limited to some of the professions any person can pursue any profession they feel like there should be no restriction due to these non factual assumptions so true so true ananya best example that you gave was of nayaka there is this assumption out there that women can't do business well that is entirely wrong women can do business and the owner of nayaka proved that right we actually can do great business we are great at it and oh you know a man can be a teacher or a nurse that doesn't if that should not be restricted at all so it was really great talking to you uh, ananya regarding all this i really like i thank i really like to introduce my next podcaster ishika who will tell us more about the stereotypes that we face every single day ishika on to you so hi everyone let's talk about the most common stereotype about marriage you are already 24 you are supposed to be looking for suitors for yourself son you are already 25 you are supposed to be earning how else are you going to support your family in the future the time is running out and you should start trying for a child these are just a few lines that are encountered by gender from the society because of the stereotypes set by them no person should be pressured to do things just because of their gender 
their responsibilities should not be thrown on them just because they are a man or a woman. What do you say? So true. That is something I think we as a gender have to face a lot. These pressures are so, you know, mentally, you know, heavy on us. We have to, we are so much under pressure regarding all this that I myself sometimes have to hear all this. So I agree with this, you know, and I really like to know more about your stereotypes. Yeah, actually, these all stereotypes make us like uh, mentally stressed or something. Uh, the next one I would like to highlight is like we are judged on the basis of our clothing or something. Like women are constantly positioned as sexual temptresses and are supposed to cover themselves instead of living freely alongside men. In fact, men are not subjugated to such stereotypes and have freedom to do things they like and wear the things they like wherever they want as the way they want. So true, especially in India. I have seen we are so much, you know, characterized by what we wear. If we show a little bit skin, there is there are these comments that are said that the girls are asking for it. Well, that is not true. We can wear whatever we like. We can show as much skin as we like. Nobody else is, no gender should be subjugated to that. Nobody should be restricted to wearing a particular clothes or restricting, you know, themselves to show less skin. So that is one great point that you pointed out. Exactly. And also sometimes uh, we are just judged on the basis of the clothes we wear or we can just normally we hear this like this dress is not for you or this is a girl kind of attire or something uh, recently also and uh, and in fact many a times Ranbir Singh is being judged for this actually they this is commonly said dresses are for women and pants are for men which is just out of the lines that are heard by us because according to society even the clothes have gender Apart from physical size and dimensions, clothes do not have gender. Women can wear suits and in fact, men can wear dresses. Clothes should be a personal expression of who you are and they should make us feel good. Our gender must not limit us. They should express us, our feelings. That is something that reminds me of these two people. Like you said, Ranveer Singh, Right, Ranveer Singh, plus if you look at it, Harry Styles, they both have been breaking this barrier where they're wearing dresses, they're wearing skirts, and they look so good in it. Like, I sometimes feel like, do I look this good in dresses? But that is out of the question. So, also, I can wear suits. You can wear suits. Every female can wear suits, whatever they like. So, there should actually be no restriction on the clothes that we wear. There should no. Why are we restricted to that? The clothes were made keeping in mind just key. Yeah, it should look like this, not who is wearing it. So that is something I really do like. And I love, love, love that Harry Styles and Ranveer Singh are two of the males who are breaking those barriers. Plus, there has also been, I, I just got, I just remember this thing. 
we usually consider nail pins to be worn by uh, females but now there are guys out there who are actually wearing nail pins and that too proudly they are not ashamed of wearing nail pins or thinking that they are acting little girly no they are wearing it they are wearing it proudly and i'm so 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 happy about that i'm so happy and proud to be a jinsi exactly uh, in fact i have heard of this uh, there's a blogger named sahil narang he was so much trolled for putting just nail paints and all like he was so much trolled but he's such like he said that this is a way of expressing me and i like this and he still continues to and i actually like this we should be ourselves we should express ourselves what we like well said ishika well said now with this i'd really like to uh, end this and uh, with this i'd like to end the topic regarding stereotypes i think we have discussed all about it and now over to palak and nikita so thank you akshi now moving forward to the end of this episode i would love to put this quote out which is well said by mckenzie lee you deserve to be here you deserve to exist you deserve to take up space in this world of men this isn't his world it's ours he doesn't lead your way instead you do united we all work we create a new road filled with flowers and beautiful endings this is how the universe works before we dig deeper into the way of the world let's focus on india how things were in india then and now we all know about sati or dowry then fathers did not fear the wrongs society would do to his daughter but how would he arrange the dowry for her wedding a widow wasn't allowed to remarry was forced to wear white and live like a prisoner we all know how men left their wives without anything past hasn't been all fair to males either they were supposed to look masculine earn money for her family and act as the head of the family which added up to high levels of frustration and anger they always had to portray an image of being superior even if they weren't willing to do so because of the fear of how society would treat them joke about them look down upon them females on the other hand were supposed to stay at home cook clean and feed the family she wasn't allowed to step out speak up and feel free to make her choices she was forced to be independent on she was forced to be dependent on the males of the family and thus work not not for but under their command exactly nikita although we have stepped out that out of that era there's still a question that comes up that yes we are kind of successful in giving females and males a better life respect and n number of opportunities but is this enough have we successfully removed all the stereotypes there is still a room for improvement and there are a lot of things that can be done the ultimate goal of feminism can be achieved when all of us will be able to accept and appreciate each other despite of the differences we have our second episode is going to talk about this all so do tune in to know about more what's happening in india and the potential ways we can put an end to the stereotypes 
and moreover i would like to remind everyone again that feminism is meant for the equality between genders and not for proving the superiority of females so till then take care and stay safe bye keep listening to frequency 3080 and do follow us on your favorite podcast platform and instagram handle of sd road track to stay tuned for our future podcast and events